Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Well, I want to talk to you about um, three of the very most important, I think, attributes that that have helped me through the years, and that I've taught an awful lot of people about these three things that kind of operate together uh, in, a, in, a, in a Christian's walk, especially if you want to be a strong Christian. A lot of times, um, Christianity is this giant, uh, generic term, but there's such a thing as being a strong Christian or somebody who has a strong walk with the Lord. And so I want to talk to you about that. And I want to begin by taking a look at... Um, this verse in 1 Corinthians, Paul the Apostle talks to uh, the church, and, and he's, he's uh, admonishing the church toward the end of this letter, this first letter to the church, he's admonishing the church to be strong. And right now, I really feel like the church is in a place right now in the earth where we need to be strong. The church does not need to be weak. We don't need to be fading into the background. We don't need to be, you know... Um, uh, quiet and, and, and peaceful. We need to be strong. I believe that God is giving us the arm of salvation to reach out into a dark world because people are, are hopeless, people are confused, people don't know what, what's happening, but the church needs to be able to be strong right now. It needs to be the light and the strength of God in the earth. And so Paul the Apostle talks about these three attributes of strong Christianity, there's all kinds of attributes. There's all kinds of things that make us strong and so forth. But these three uh, really jumped out at me, and I've lived my life by them, and I've taught so many others that th- these same three things that, that will help them. But it says this in 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, in verse 58. It says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, this is reading out of the King James, which is a little bit different than the NIV version or whatever, but, but I love how it's, how it's stated here. Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord, as much as you know that your labor is being multiplied by God, your labor is being amened by God, your labor is being um, partnered by God. And so the work of the Lord is very powerful here. So there are these three attributes here, three admonitions and three attributes here to be steadfast. And actually, the word really here is become steadfast. Paul is telling the church, listen, there's all kinds of things going on, but don't be weak. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Strength is a, is a virtue throughout Scripture that the God wants the Christian to be able to walk in. He doesn't want us to be weak. He doesn't want us to be afraid. He doesn't want us to be defeated. Become steadfast in your salvation. In other words, I know that, uh, that God is for me. I know that he's with me. I know that he's mighty. I know that he's merciful. I thank God for his mercy. I thank God for his patience. I thank God for his, his um, understanding. But I thank God for his strength. And I thank God that he walks with me. Become steadfast. Be unmovable in your faith. So no matter what is happening, I know God's not done. God's not quitting. God has not fallen off the throne. God's not wringing his hands. He's not worried. He's not surprised. He's not taken, you know, unaware. See, see my faith needs to be unmovable in that. Now, I'm, I'm pretty sure that God knows everything that's going on. He knows everything about me. 
and I need to be able to be steadfast in my salvation, unmovable in my faith, but then abounding in the work of the Lord. I want to talk about this in a minute, but what I'll say right now is these three go together. I've never seen anybody be steadfast in their walk with the Lord who's not abounding in the work of God. I've never seen somebody be steadfast, be solid, be secure, be strong, who's not serving God, does their own thing. Hey, look, you know, I, I did serve God in the past. I've kind of drifted. When you drift and you're not serving God, you're not abounding, and, and getting into this word uh, abounding as well, you're not abounding in the work of the Lord. Guess what? You're not steadfast. You are shaky. You're not unmovable. You're all over the map. And, 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 and your Christianity becomes weak and ineffective. It's not strong. It's not helping anyone because these three go together. Now, I won't get into this so much, but I've also not seen anybody really be able to serve God and be effective serving God that's not steadfast. I've never seen somebody who's up and down all the time, a yo-yo all over the place. One day they're, they're yakking, the next day they're, they're, you know, falling down and doubting everything. I don't know, where is God? Where is he? I've never seen anybody like that ever actually accomplish something significant in the kingdom of God. These three go together. These are admonitions that Paul is telling the early church, listen, be steadfast, unmovable, and abound in the work of the Lord. And, and this is what's going to make you strong. This is what's going to keep you in the dark hour. This is what's going to keep you through the test. We're supposed to be getting stronger, not weaker. We're supposed to be able to overcome, not be blown away. And so Paul is admonishing the church in Corinth, listen, I need you to understand there are difficult times. And he even talks about death. He even talks about, you know, uh, martyrdom. And if you have to lay your life down. And uh, we may not be in that situation, but some are. Some in the world are right now. But I really believe that, that the church is in a place where God can mightily use us now to be strong in the earth, to be a beacon of light, to be used of God to save others. Now is not the time for the church to not have a voice, to not have something to say, to not have something to uh, bring hope or encouragement or, or the light of Christ. And so as the world is in this tumult of chaos and, and, and all that's going on, and there's an awful lot of confusion in, in, the, in the world, the devil knows that the, the, the hope is in the church. And so there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's an attack against the church. And I want to I just say, I, I believe that there's two main areas where the church is under attack. And the first one is, is fear. The devil wants the church to be fearful. We've got to be careful. We've got to be careful. We've got to watch out. And, and, and uh, you know, who knows? Who's listening? Be careful. And so the church is paralyzed in fear. We just need to be, be, behave ourselves, and maybe we won't be noticed. And then the second area is compromise, where the church is, is, is looking like the world, acting like the world, talking like the world, trying to fit in with the world. The world does not need the church to look like the world. The world needs the church to look like Christ. The world needs the church to be a beacon of light, a voice crying out in the wilderness. The, the, the world needs the church to be the church. So the devil knows this, 
He knows that the hope of the world is going to be in the house of God, declaring the things of God. And so the devil comes with this attack. He tries to make the church fearful. He tries to make me as a Christian fearful. I go to work, can't say anything, got to be careful, got to mind my own business. Somebody says something, but I'm not going. And, and so I, I, I'm fearful, and then I'm compromised. Maybe compromise is worse. You know, sometimes compromise isn't just sin. Sometimes compromise is just laying down. Uh, I, I, I'm going to check out. You know, like Peter said, I'm going to go fishing. You know, Christ is on the cross. He was crucified. I'm going fishing. Uh, compromise comes into a Christian's life when we begin to drift away and uh, we're not plugged in anymore. Our faith is not operating. Our faith is not strong. Our faith is not being stretched. And we begin to compromise. We begin to give in. And, and lethargy begins to set in. I pray lethargy doesn't set into the church. Negligence doesn't set into the church. Neglect not so great a salvation. And so compromise is one tactic of the, of the devil to get us to just lay down. And the other one is fear, where he gets us to shut up. But in any event... The voice of the church is muted and the light is hidden under a bushel and the salt has lost its saltiness and the devil is able to move in now in this place of darkness. And I want to get into this in a minute, but people are not our enemy. It doesn't matter what people are saying. The Bible says that the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. In other words, they're being used as pawns. They don't really, I mean, every, so, so what? They're saying this and they're doing that and they're going here and they're saying this. Did you hear what they're saying now? It doesn't matter what they're saying now because we're not against people. We're against principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness in high places. We know that the church has to be strong. My faith has to be strong, steadfast unmovable, and I'm not going to stop, work, stop working for the Lord. I'm not going to fade. I'm going to be built. You know, we should not be surprised when we, when we face trials of many kinds. The Israelites had a desert. You may have a desert. There may be desert times. There may be wilderness times. You know, you, you, you think of the Hebrew children that were, you know, uh, thrown into the fiery furnace. They were captured. They were, they were held captive. We see in, in history, we see in Scripture that people have gone through some things. Their faith has been stretched. It's, it's our hour. It's our time now to have our faith stretched. I'm not going to back up. I'm not going to be shook. I'm going to understand this is God's opportunity or my opportunity to be built by the Lord. And so I pray that my faith grows strong. You know, we, we, we can look back in history and see that Nero threw Christians into the arena to watch them be, be attacked by wild beasts. I might not have that happening in my life, but I do know that the struggles that I will face, it's God's opportunity to strengthen my faith, to build me through it all. So I can look at history and see that there are struggles. And so Ephesians, the sixth chapter, says this in verse 12, for our struggle, you know, in the King James, we wrestle not. Our struggle, our fight is not against flesh and blood. It is not against people. It's not against political parties. You know, uh, everybody wants to, you know, fight about politics. But our, our, our battle is not against people. 
Of course they have all kinds of different crazy notions. Of course people are all over the map. The God of this age has blinded the mind of the unbeliever. They, they can't help it. They're being swayed. They're the very ones that the Lord is trying to get us to reach out to, to speak out to, to, to rescue. But our, our struggle is against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. There, are, there is a spirit. There is a, there is a work. There is a battle going on in the heavens right now. And so I want to battle with my faith. I want to battle in prayer. I want to battle with my confession. I don't want to be weak, and I don't want to be diminished. I want to understand that now is a time where God is really beginning to strengthen me. So my faith is being built. My, my, my trust is being built. My confidence is being built. You know, my, 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 could I even say my hope is being built? It's not shook. My faith is not shook, it's being built, it's being stretched, it's being strengthened by being tested. And we're going to have our faith tested. But you know what, when it's unstable out there, may it not be unstable in here. When everything is shook out there, may it not be shook in here. Because I walk with the Lord. And come hell or high water, I'm going to walk with the Lord. My confession is going to be in Him. I'm not going to fade from His word or His commands. Or, or, or his precepts, his principles. The church doesn't need to look like the world. It needs to look like the Bible, you know, on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus told Peter that he was going to build his church. I, I pray that we're being built. I pray the church is being built. I pray the church is not being diminished, but it's being built. So Jesus says to Peter, I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock, and, 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 and Jesus is throughout Scripture as the rock. On this rock, I will build my church. And uh, this word means to strengthen the found, from the foundation up. I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it, will not prevail against it, will not diminish it, will not undermine it. The gates of hell, the very gates of hell. See, this is what, why we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But we do wrestle against the gates of hell, but they will not overcome. I'm going to stay steadfast in God. I'm going to be unmovable in the things of God and in the principles of God. The gates of hell will try to battle us back, but we're going to stay steadfast and unmovable, built strong. So having said all of that, the strength in our faith, the strength in our confession, the, the steadfastness in who it is we are, un, un, unashamed of who it is we are. We're not moving from this spot. We're not becoming more relevant. No, actually, we're going to become more, more Christ-like, more Bible-like. No. So, so having said all that, if I go back to these three uh, admonitions, to be steadfast, unmovable, but here, I believe, is, is, is one of the keys, is that what are you really doing, what are you really doing in your life as a Christian to stay strong? I pray that you're abounding in the work of the Lord. Now, this is not a little something, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, I, I, I guess I'm not trying to talk you into it. 
I'm, I'm just pointing out a key truth in Scripture is that you were created to serve the Lord. You were born to serve God. You were made in the image of the Lord to serve God. And this word abounding, it, it literally means um, to excel in quantity and in quality, to be over the top, above and beyond, super abundant. You know, people want to have a super abundant life. Well, super abundant in the work of the Lord, in the work of the Lord. So, so keep this in mind, because as I said before, you're never going to have this. And people want to be steadfast. I don't want to be shook. I don't want to be afraid. I don't want to be up and down. I don't want to be all over the map. Well, then you better understand that these three go together. I want to be steadfast, unmovable, but I've also got to be abounding in the work of the Lord. And so um, this is not a suggestion. This is a key principle in the Word of God. Now, what is the work? Let me explain to you or try to give you an illustration of what the work is. Before you came to the Lord, you were, uh, you were, being, um, you were being torn apart in the Spirit. You were being torn apart in, in, in shark-infested waters. There you were, uh, bloody, scarred, maimed, shredded, drowning, uh, uh, unable to rescue yourself in shark-infested waters, being torn, being tortured, um, carnage everywhere, and a rescue boat pulls up, and in that boat are people that are all working to rescue you. They're all working to, to, to pull you out of this shark-infested mess that you're in. A lot of times people don't even know that they're in a shark-infested mess. A lot of times people get rescued out of sin, like Paul the Apostle got rescued out of his sin, and, it's, and the Bible says it was as those scales fell off of his eyes, and he recognized how blind he was persecuting the church. So he, he was being torn apart by sin, and he didn't, didn't even really recognize it. But here you are in these shark-infested waters. As people begin to pull you out, they bring you into the things of God. Maybe they speak to you about it. Maybe they prayed for you. Maybe, they, maybe you, you, you got to know them, and you, you began to see that they, that they are um, strong and, and, and steadfast. And... They begin to rescue you out of the shark-infested waters. When they get you out of the water and into the boat, and here you are, bleeding and shredded, but you're rescued. This is the work, to rescue those that are lost. This is the work. But now you stand in the boat, and you're, you're dripping in blood, and, and you're, you, you've got all kinds of wounds. The devil has not treated you kindly. The world hasn't treated you kindly, but now God's going to heal you. And so you get yourself cleaned up, you start to get healed, you start to get uh, uh, strong, you start to get healthy. I could just picture you going around on the deck of the boat in your terry cloth bathrobe and feeling good and you're having a Danish and a little coffee and it's the next day and the day after and so forth. Okay, but how long do you stay in this place of being healed and becoming strong before you start to get into the work. The work is to rescue those that are lost. And how can I be saved? How can I be rescued and walk around on that deck eating a Danish, sipping my coffee, saying somebody else is going to drive the boat, somebody else is going to 
uh, throw the rope. Somebody else is going to clean them up. Somebody else is going to bandage their womb. Somebody else is going to... How can I say that I'm a part of being steadfast, unmovable in my faith if I'm not abounding in the work? If I'm not engaged in the work? See, if I'm not partnering with God and what it is he wants us to do. And so this is a very important part. I believe that every person is gifted by God with some uh, talent in life to serve him. It might be music. It might be logic. It might be carpentry. You're gifted in some way. It might be, you know, the strength of your physical nature or whatever. Every person has a gift God-given within them that God says, you're going to use this to glorify me. You're going to use this talent that I've given you to rescue others. You're going to use this thing I've given you. So maybe you're, maybe you're a good talker or a good teacher or maybe you're uh, a good encourager. Maybe you're good at helps. Maybe you're good at figuring things out. Maybe you've got a sharp mind. But whatever it is, it's not for you to go out into the world and be a star. It's for you to glorify God. That's why you are the way you are. Now, you might use it in the world. You might be um, uh, an engineer or an architect or, a, or an accountant or something or a musician. You might be something in the world for sure. Your gift shines out there. But it's not for out there. Really, it's for the work of the Lord. God wants to use you to abound, super abundant. God wants to touch that thing in you. God wants to multiply it. He wants to bless it. He wants to, to bless others through you as you are abounding in the work of the Lord. And so this is key to this. And, 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 and this, as you become steadfast, as your faith is strengthened, you can abound even the, even the more, all the more. See, they all work uh, from one another. You're gifted. You're gifted. The Lord said to Peter, do you love me? Peter said, yes, I do. This is the last time they met, the last time they, they interacted. Do you love me, Peter? Yes, Lord, you know that I do. Then care for my sheep. And then he says a second time, Peter, do you love me? Peter said, Lord, you know that I do. And he said, care for my sheep. And then he said to him a third time, Peter, do you love me? Peter said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And the Lord said again, feed my sheep, care for my sheep. I don't doubt that God is saying the same thing to each one of us. Take the gift, take the talent, take what I put in you, Take what I fashioned into you. Then in all of eternity, we're going to be able to look back at the time that we spent here on earth and say, God, what you gave me, I used for your glory. I used for you. You know, the Bible says you were bought with a price. You're not your own. We should be able to stand before the Lord and say, God, I'm yours. I'm yours. Take me. My time is yours. My house is yours. My car is yours. You know. You think God is going to take your, your life and ruin it? He's going to take your life and bless it. 
You think you could do better with your life than what God could do with it? God, I give you my life. I give you my time. I give you my strength. I give you my body. Use me, God. I'll go wherever you send me. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'm yours. I'm yours. Take me, Lord. And then God says, are you mine? Because if you are, I am going to bless that thing. I am going to strengthen that thing. I am going to lead you. I'm going to bless you. It's going to be awesome. God's not going to lead you astray. Your life is made strong as you're used of God. So in Ephesians chapter 4, Jesus, uh, Paul tells us, was building the church again. It says it was Jesus. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. This is what we call a five-fold ministry, the five-fold offices in the church. Jesus gave the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher to prepare. This word literally is to equip in the Greek Catartizo. They were, they were mending their nets. They were equipping their nets to go out fishing. It's the only other time it was mentioned in the New Testament is when the disciples were preparing their nets. These ministries are to prepare, to equip, equip God's people for works of service. And this word here is the ministry. It literally is diakonos. We get the word deacon from it. it, it, it it's saying these, these ministries are to equip God's people for the ministry, so that the body of Christ may be built. There's that word again, the same word. Jesus said, I will build my church. This is the same word, so that the, the body of Christ may be built up. Lord, let the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher come into the church and equip the church, Lord, so that we can be able to be used in the ministry so that the body of Christ may be built up, not weak, not, not, not scattered, not afraid, not unable. No, no. This is, this is why we're, we're equipped, so that we can be used of God and to build up the body of Christ. I'll tell you, I think that every person should have a, a, a ministry. Every person should have a ministry. Every person should be equipped for ministry. You know, is there some area of ministry that you're accountable to. I remember uh, Nancy and I, when we were literally first saved, we were thrust into the youth ministry. This was shortly after, you know, we had, I mean, I was teaching Sunday school and there were a few different other things that we were doing in the church, but we were thrust into the youth ministry and we were accountable to it. It was a ministry. It was a work. We had to put our hand to it. And I'll tell you, the awesome thing about working with uh, the youth is if it's not real, they'll know it. If you don't really care for them, they know it. If you feel like you just have to be there, they'll know it. It, it has to be authentic. You have to love them. You have to want to touch them. You have to want to talk to them. You have to want to put up with whatever it is they're going through. You have to want to be there for them. But I'll tell you, our, our, we used to have the youth night on Friday night. And do you know, every Friday night or every Friday, something would happen, some calamity, something would happen that would, that would come against us getting there or would, 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 would land on us that would upset the whole apple cart. And Nancy and I would have to press through. Sometimes we would get in these giant fights on the way to youth ministry. And, and we used to think it was the devil. 
that was, that was causing this. But now that we're a bit older, we, we know that God was throwing these roadblocks in our way to, to, to strengthen our faith. We could have easily said, well, that's it. We're not going to get there this night. You know, well, we can't get there now. Well, we can't do this now. Well, this came up, and now we don't, now we don't have any money. Now there's no gas in the car. Now this one thing after another. There's always reasons why you can't get there and you can't serve God. But, but if you have to be there, if you're accountable to that ministry, your faith gets stretched. Now you got to get there. You don't have any gas? Pray that the fumes last in the car to get you all the way to church and then borrow a dollar from somebody. But, but I really believe that every person should have a ministry that they're accountable to, where you have to be there, where others are counting on you, you know, that you're abounding in the work of the Lord. You've got something that's solid that you've got, to, you've got to press into. And I'll tell you, so years and years we, we served in the youth ministry. We saw all kinds of miracles, all kinds of great things that, that took place. But can I tell you, years later, Nancy and I had teens of our own. And, you know, when we put our hands on the Lord's house, God put his hand on our house all of the wisdom and all of the experience that we had with other people's teens, we were able to put into our own teenagers. I thank God that he watched over our family, our, our children, and, and I don't doubt that it's, it, it's connected. See, as you put your hand on God's house, he puts his hand on your house. As you put your hand on God's children, he puts his hand on your children. As you put your hand on God's finances, he puts his hand on your finances. God will walk with you. God will be with you. So I just, I, I thank God that if you're going to be steadfast, unmovable, you also need to abound in the work of the Lord. It's a great honor and a privilege to even do anything for God. I pray that you are in some fashion using the gift and the talent that God has given you and you're accountable to a ministry, a ministry purpose that God has assigned you right in your life right now. It may change. It may change. I'm not in the youth ministry anymore, but I thank God for it. I want to read you one more verse in Hebrews, the 10th chapter. This again is Paul saying to this church, do not throw away your confidence. So don't throw out your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of the Lord, when you've done what I've asked you to do, when you've submitted yourself to God's will, you'll receive what he has promised. For in just a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. We pray, Lord Jesus, come, come soon. But God, until then, we're going to serve you. We're going to be steadfast, immovable, always abounding, Strengthen me, God, so that I can abound in your work. Keep me healthy, God, so that I can abound in your work. Stretch my faith, God, so that I can abound in your work. Jesus is coming. He won't delay. And then he says this, but my righteous one, can I pluralize this here? But my righteous ones will live by faith. And if we shrink back, he will not be pleased with us. I pray that we don't shrink back. Now is not the time to compromise. Now is not the time to be to be unstable. Now is not the time to be afraid. Now is not the time to, to flake out or to flip out or to fade out. Now is the time to step up, to be strong, to be faithful, and to allow God to use us mightily 
in these dark days. I believe that it's an exciting time for you to be a Christian. It's an exciting time for you to be used of God. Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. If you want to learn more about our church, visit us online at awakening.global. We'll see you soon.